when I was in my career down here during that time, I complained. I wasn't focused on solutions. I was negative. And that is just... I don't recommend it to anybody. If you're in that state in your life right now, there is a way to move through it. There is a way to move past it. And there's such a happier way of living on the other side. And I'm... Hey guys, welcome to the Power and Persistence podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Blois, business owner, mentor, self-care advocate, manifester, wife, and mama of two. This podcast is designed to make you feel seen and inspired. Join me for honest and raw conversations with successful women and purpose-driven entrepreneurs. We'll explore how they imperfectly but persistently juggle career, family, and relationships, all while honoring their authentic selves. Let's dive in. This is going to be a solo episode. It's just me getting on here, really wanting to share with all of you who I am, how I got to where I am emotionally and spiritually today, and kind of what my backstory is. I know I just talked about it, kind of the journey on the episode with my husband, but this is more going to be an episode about me. Super uncomfortable right now. I'm going to be really vulnerable, open, and honest. It's raining outside. I'm home alone. It's cozy. I went into my closet to figure out what to wear. And for the first time ever, and it's been seven years, I had an intuitive feeling to put this on, which is my papa's jacket. And when he passed, two of the things I took were these jackets that he wore all the time. And today, for the first time ever, I thought I'm going to put it on and I'm going to record this episode wearing it almost, I guess, like a security blanket. And I'm going to just share my story and why at this point in my life, I'm so passionate about working with other women or entrepreneurs or people in business, but mostly women about on their emotions and their mental space and their energy and how they're feeling in this world. Um, I'm born and raised in the Canal Valley. I am the firstborn, which says a lot. I really believe that birth order does impact us and how we approach the world. I think I've always been a type A and really driven. I was born. And then three and a half later, three and a half years later, my sister came and we were raised by a mom and a dad who were married. And my dad owned a business with his dad. And we saw my grandparents every weekend. And I really loved being at my grandparents' house. That was such a safe space for me where I felt really just secure in being me. So my childhood, you know, it's wild and it does upset my mom, but I don't remember her before I was 13. And I don't know why. There was definitely a lot in my childhood that I've gone back and reviewed and worked through. I know for sure my parents loved me my parents were always present and there for me. They were very invested in my life and what I did and 
how they raised me, I know came from their love for me. It did feel conditional. At times, I needed to be the best. I needed to be the best in sports. I felt like I definitely needed to get good grades. I needed to have a lot of friends. The size of my body mattered. What food I ate mattered. And I know it all came from a good place now. But you know, you don't know it as a child, what that's doing to your inner voice. But as an adult, it really made me... It brought up a lot of shadows and a lot of triggers. Just not feeling good enough. Really, I think is like the all-encompassing umbrella of it is just never feeling good enough. And as somebody who's driving forward and moving fast and always trying to see what I can achieve next, to have that mentality and that inner voice telling me to go, 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 how can I improve to also be feeling like I'm not pretty enough, I'm not small enough, I don't communicate well enough, I'm not fun enough when I'm in social situations, I'm not well-spoken enough in professional situations, I'm not wanted, I'm not respected, I'm not desired. It really fucks with your head. So my whole life, I've been in therapy, I think. Actually, yeah, maybe even in my childhood, I feel like I'm kind of all over the place right now, you guys, with how to tell this story, um, moving from childhood to present, childhood to present. So just bear with me. But my parents divorced when I was 13. A year and a half before that, they had my brother, who actually will be on a future episode. But he was born the day before I turned 12. So we have a 12-year age gap. My sister and I were raised by married parents until you know age 13 and 9. And my brother was only 18 months when they divorced. So he essentially was raised completely differently than we were. He was raised by single parents. When my parents split up, I definitely had a hard time with that. I think my mom was really looking for love and acceptance in other places, which I don't blame her. We all want to be loved and we all want to be accepted. Looking back, I think that really made me feel though that my love and acceptance of her wasn't enough, which hurts, right? Like I said, I know my parents did the best they could. And I know as a parent, I'm doing the best I can. And we're human and we do what we think is right. And we do what we think is best for our children. And then I'm sure I'm, you know, we do things that are hard on our our kids. But yeah. I felt like she was searching for love in different places. I didn't want to be along for that ride. So a lot of my teenage years, I lived full-time with my dad. And I have very specific memories, but it's all really a blur for me. And it wasn't really until I started doing a lot of inner work and inner reflection that a lot of memories started coming back for me that I didn't even know were there. And I didn't even know they shaped me. Not to say that I didn't have a lot of positive either. I'm focusing more on what was hard for me because that led me to where I am now. But I also had a lot of good. My parents, like I said, were very present. They were always available for my activities, what was happening in my life. My grandparents were the best. My papa, whose jacket I'm wearing, that was completely unconditional love. I just felt amazing in his eyes. and. He was such a person in my life that holds such a deep spot in my heart 
we would go there all the time. I had a lot of family around me. My dad was for a long time really successful in business and we had that comfort. We took family vacations. There was a lot of beautiful good as well. I just want to make that clear that it wasn't this horrible childhood and it's woe is me. There was a lot of beauty in my childhood as well. I think it's my personality and my sensitivity and my constant critic in my head coupled with the things in my childhood that were hard for me that really came to life as I became more aware as an adult, as I became a mother myself, as I became a business owner, all these things started coming up for me that I really had to explore. But there's so much silver lining in that because I don't think without that, I'd be where I am today and wanting to do the work that I really want to do today. So through my childhood, I had a lot of doubt in myself, a lot of really feeling self-conscious, a lot of not feeling good enough. And then I stayed home and I did community college. And then I went away to school at the age of 20. I went to Chico State. And I think that's where I started to finally feel independent and able to kind of discover who I am. And it was the first time I felt chosen. I mean, I was chosen by my husband, Ben, and thank goodness, because it led us to where we are now. But I made my best friends who are still in my life today. I made the connection with my husband and I really was able to explore who I am. I was studying a field that I was really passionate about. And it was really good time in my life. I had a lot of fun. I felt really safe. I felt like I could authentically show up and there was no judgment. Returning home, all those feelings would come back and I would feel judged. I was nervous to run into people from high school. I was nervous to see certain adults that were in my life, not because they did anything to me, but because of the self-projection I had put on myself. As I went through college and grad school, my life progressed. I definitely have always had this idea that I need to live a certain path. So I went straight from undergrad to grad school. And then as soon as I graduated, I graduated in May, I got married in June and I started work in July. And I have so much anxiety and angst about what's next, what's next, what's next that I really don't feel until the past several years, I've even learned to enjoy or be present in the moment I'm living. So I really pushed myself to do all the things that I needed to do next or I thought I needed to do next. I never sat back. I never even contemplated going to travel or explore life or think, you know, is this really the field I want to be in? Is this really what I want to do? I think that goes back to my childhood. I was told, at least I remember it this way, to play soccer. I was told to do karate. And I don't think I really loved either, to be honest. I don't know if I was ever just said, what do you want? And taught to look inward and that there is an intuition, that there is something inside of you speaking to you. I don't think I ever explored that. I was more worried about what's going to make my dad happy? What's going to make my mom happy? What's going to impress my friends? What is going to get me outside validation? And I never thought, what makes me happy? 
I knew I wanted to work with kids. And that's kind of how I found speech pathology because I did know I wanted to work with children. I did not want to teach in a classroom. So I landed on speech pathology. Looking back, is it the profession I would have chosen? I don't know. Um, I love how it's led me to myofunctional therapy, but I also had a huge interest in beauty and aesthetic. I wanted to be a makeup artist. I love doing home design. I love doing a a charcuterie board. I love anything where I get to be creative and kind of zone out and almost go into a hypnotic state of creating a look. And that is not part of my job. And as I've aged, that's something that you know I know lights me up. And I didn't know that before. I wasn't aware of that. I think therapy has a lot of beauty, but I think in order for therapy to really work, you need to know your intentions. You need to know why you're going and you need to be really, really open for the process. And therapy is something that I did on and off from, gosh, I should have asked my mom before this episode, but probably age six or seven, maybe younger. I don't know. But I did it on and off to this day. I still am a huge believer in therapy. And I think it's such an important part of our growth journey. But after college, I graduated. We got married. We were 25, which I think is young. I think it's really young to get married. And we had to grow up together. And there's a lot of beauty in that. And there's a lot of hardship in that. And there were a lot of up and downs. And there was a lot of struggle. Um, The first few years of marriage were really fun. It was kind of just like, I don't know, playing house because we were married, we had jobs, we were making money, but we didn't have any responsibilities outside of that. We lived in Southern California first and then decided to move up to Northern California because I've always loved the Bay Area and our best friends from college were up there. And I actually loved the job I had when I moved up there. I worked at a school with just the most amazing people the most amazing coworkers and colleagues. And Ben loved his job. He worked in the city. And I think it just really fired him up and he loved it. And things were really, really good. We were really, really happy. We thought we were going to be there forever. I got pregnant at age 28. We wanted to get pregnant. We were trying to get pregnant. And when I had our first child, everything kind of flipped. I had an extremely hard birth, an extremely hard recovery. And I ended up in a really dark place. I had very, very severe postpartum depression to the point where I couldn't function. I couldn't be okay with the support system I had up there. Ben had to go back to work. My parents lived in Southern California. My grandparents were in Southern California. My close friends from high school that have known me my whole life were in Southern California. And my depression was too severe for me to handle by myself at home with the baby all day. So I panicked. Like I said, when I make a decision, I'm full steam ahead. And I ran. I ran away from everything back home to where my parents were with my husband and my baby, kind of to be saved. I was so sad and scared. And The anxiety was so intense. I didn't even recognize myself. And I don't think there was a lot of talk back then about postpartum depression and how to get help. And my son had what they called colic. And now I know there's so many different things for why he was screaming all day and so many other ways that could have helped him that I'm so happy that I know now. 
but I didn't know it then. So I had this screaming baby that I could not make happy. And I was anxious and I was depressed. And we ended up back in Southern California, which I think was really hard on both of us. We both loved jobs that we loved and intended to be in for a long time and kind of had to start over. And it was also really hard on our marriage because Ben is so supportive and so willing to do what I feel I need. But he did love his job and I did take him from that. And it took a few years, but I did find out he was resentful of that experience. We definitely worked through it, but it really just turned things upside down. And then being back home, I think I was back in my insecure place. To me, it triggered not feeling good enough, not feeling smart enough, pretty enough, skinny enough, all those feelings that I felt like I didn't really have in the Bay Area because that's where I created my own identity. They came back to me. And then that part of my adulthood, I just didn't show up in a great way. I was easily angered. I was resentful. I was sarcastic. I said cunning remarks. I was passive aggressive. And I kind of was just shitty. I still had my loving family around me. We still had family events. I still had all my girlfriends. But I definitely was not the easiest person to be around. When I was in my career down here during that time, I complained. I wasn't focused on solutions. I was negative. And that is just... I don't recommend it to anybody. If you're in that state in your life right now, there is a way to move through it. There is a way to move past it. And there's such a happier way of living on the other side. And I'm more grateful than for anything in my life that I've been able to find that because I am now as a better me, a better daughter, a better sister, a better wife, a better mom, um, and a better boss. So we're down here. I'm not happy working in the schools anymore. I don't feel effective. And you know, my brain's always turning. What else could I be doing? How could I be doing it better? I'm never just in the moment and at peace. So that's how I ended up doing private therapy. My mom, I was going to go get my real estate license and leave the professional together. My mom said, hold on, wait, treat privately, have that one-on-one connection with families, get that connection that you love, which... Um, when I look at my authentic code, which is something we'll explore in future episodes, one of my top four is connection. I need to feel connected to others to feel like I'm living authentically to who I really want to be and how I really want to be. So being able to connect with families in that way was amazing. And it started to fill me up and I started to feel that connection. If I had just stayed like that, maybe it could have been calm, maybe... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I would have been fine. But the way I work is I my caseload became full. And I thought instead of having a wait list, I'll bring someone else on to join me. And when they were full, I'll bring someone else on. I always was pushing myself, what more can I do? And never just being proud of where I was. I still don't know if I'm proud of where I am. I think my brain's always focused on what could I be doing better instead of look what I have accomplished. And that's something I'm continuing to work on. And I think that's, you know, I have a coach. And I think that's why having a mentor and a coach is vital because they help you self-reflect. They're a mirror for you. And they bring to light what you're not able to bring to light for yourself to help you along your journey. I started to grow my practice. And it was really then that I started to have to look inward. I couldn't hide anymore behind the shadow of sarcasm or cunning remarks or being really nice, but a little passive aggressive. 
my marriage wasn't in a good place. Ben was still working in his career. I was trying to grow this business. We were definitely not a team. He was super focused on what he needed in his career. And I was really focused on what I needed in my career. And we were battling each other. Whose turn is it to take care of the children? Whose turn is it to stay home on a sick day? Who needs to go to the grocery store? We were not working in tandem. And that was a really hard part of our marriage. We easily could have split up and we didn't. And I'm so grateful we didn't. But that was a very conscious choice over and over and over again that we wanted to keep our family together. And we knew at the core of it, we really did love each other, but we were really struggling to find a way to connect one each other um, to one another. I'll fast forward through a lot of that. There was a lot of when you're a business owner, there's a lot of rejection. There's people that don't want to work for you or they do work for you and then they leave you. And for me, rejection is the hardest thing because it takes me back to I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I didn't do it right. I f***ed up. They found something better that I couldn't offer them. And it's not just, oh, they don't want to work for the company I've created. It's very, or it was extremely personal. So many tears, so much heartbreak went along with business ownership for me that I felt like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can live with this much pain. Then the pandemic hit. A lot of change went on in my business, which in the moment was terrifying. I really feel like I went to another dark place back. You know, it's not postpartum depression at that point, but it's dark and it's scary. I didn't know if my business was going to make it. I had poured three or four years into it at that point. I felt like, you know, I started it when my kids were one and three. And I definitely sacrificed some time with them during those years to build this. And I thought, holy I did that all for nothing. Thank God it worked. It was in those moments that Ben and I decided to team up. That in itself saved our marriage, being on the same team. And it was in that started that pandemic. And the first you know few years that I really decided, Mm-mm, this is not who I want to be. This is not how I want to show up in the world. And most of all, this isn't how I want to feel. This isn't how I want to feel every day. This isn't the anxiety and the anger I want to carry. This isn't the daughter I want to be, the sister I want to be, the boss or the friend that I want to be. And I started my really intentional self-help journey. I continued with therapy. I explored EMDR. I did all the things and they were all helpful. I think I helped myself the most though. I found sitting in silence. I found guided meditations, which really worked better for me. I cried. I cried so much at the beginnings. I started to strip back these layers because so many things that I wasn't allowing myself to feel or think for years or to acknowledge came to the surface. And they had to work through them and release them to get past them. But that process is so scary. And it's so intensely painful that for anybody out there that's doing self-reflection and self-growth, I honor you and I see you and I feel what you're going through because it is the hardest work that there is. But I think I just hit such a rock bottom that I didn't have a choice. I could continue to show up the way I was and be miserable or I could change. Change takes time. If I had had someone to guide me through that change back then, I would have felt 
so much safer. That's what I want to do for others is I want to help you. I want to guide you because that's what I so desperately needed. But I figured it out. I continued to dig deep to peel back layers of this onion. And it took years and it took revisiting a lot. And it took me to really sad places. It, you know, I had to communicate with my childhood self. I had to feel her feelings. I had to rewrite those events for her. I had to reprogram what is happening in my brain. I still have to reprogram what's happening in my brain. I will for the rest of my life. It is a daily choice to show up and decide this is not the path I'm going to go down. I am enough. I do have value. There are people that care about me. I do have something to bring forward in this world and I can be present and happy in this moment. But that's something I choose daily, sometimes more than once a day. So through all these different methods, I started to kind of understand why I was acting the way I was acting. Not that how I was acting changed that quickly. We started to grow our company. We started to bring on new staff. I had this ideal vision that I was going to bring on therapists and teach them myofunctional therapy, which is a discipline that I'm really passionate about. But I sucked. I sucked as a boss. And they felt that. And their reactions to me made... I was so triggered. I was resentful. I was angry. I was scared shitless. And the company kind of imploded in a bad way because people didn't want to be there. And I felt so rejected. And that to me, rejection's the ultimate trigger for me. But it made me really decide like, why are these my reactions? Why, when they oppose one of my thoughts, am I not open and calm and want to hear that? Why am I triggered and defensive? Why do I show up this way? And I had to explore that. I had to peel back why those triggers came up. And of course, they tie back to childhood, to not feeling worthy, to not feeling confident, to not feeling secure in my thoughts, my ideas, my choices to run a business, to be somebody else's boss. You have to have confidence. You have to be self-assured in your decision-making. You can't please everybody, even though that's what you want to do. And my God, that is what I wanted to do. I grew up wanting to please my parents, please my friends, get outside validation. And now I was seeking this outside validation from my staff. That does not work. Because if you're seeking their outside validation... You can't make decisions that are good for your business. I'm not saying don't want to show up for your employees. My employees mean the world to me. And I will continue to pivot my business to be able to provide them with as much as I physically and financially think the business can sustain. But there are limitations because without the business, they also are not employed. So it's just walking that fine line. But when I was just wanting to say, yes, 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 yes. And then having to say, oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. I was fucking it all up. I was messing with their heads. They didn't feel safe. They didn't have set expectations. And I couldn't provide that for them because I didn't know. I didn't know what the right answer was. I wasn't secure in my decisions, in my thought process. I was just doing as advised and working solely out of fear. And when you're working from fear, 
it's not going to go well. Releasing fear has been the biggest gift I've given myself. And I've done it through surrender. Learning to surrender to the process and to the outcome and to trust whatever comes next, that there is a path and a calling for why you're going through what you're going through has been the biggest release. I've given myself the biggest gift I've given myself. And it's allowed me to learn how to show up the right way. I really hope in others' eyes, I've become a better boss and business owner. I think I have because the company is so much calmer. There's so much more joy. There's so much more success. I'm not triggered. I'm not crying every time something doesn't go right. I'm not crying when someone decides they don't want to be with the company anymore. I honor their decisions and I honor their intuition and their want to explore their own journey. And I know I can't be everything for everyone and please everyone. But what I can do is be me. I can be authentic. I can be peaceful and calm and listen more than I'm talking. I can be open to new ideas. I can be present for my babies. I can honor their feelings instead of telling them how they should be feeling. I can allow them to feel their feelings and help them work through that. I can honor that my husband approaches the world in a different way and it's in his own way and there's beauty to his way. And because our ways are so different, we're able to complement one another. We struggle. We had a conversation the other morning about how we needed to show up for one another, but we're able to do that now with grace and love and kindness instead of opposing force. If I can raise my children, Mm, makes me emotional. <laughs> to know how to listen to their intuition, to know how to follow their heart, to trust their gut, to release fear and have faith in the process and to surrender, I will have done my purpose. If I can provide a company with an atmosphere where people feel safe showing up to work, where people feel like they're genuinely cared about, and seen and heard, I will have shown up as a boss the way I want to. If I can now work with other business owners and provide them with the guidance and the path that allows them to explore themselves, learn about themselves, find out who they authentically are, bring them back to that core being that they were when they came, to this birth, I will feel so fulfilled. I have to be helping others to feel like I'm doing what I'm intended to do, but I want to be successful and I want to be creative and I want to be available and connected. If I can do those things, then I know my childhood, my growth pattern, my self rediscovery has all been worth it. Because without every step of that journey, I wouldn't be who I am right now. I wouldn't know how to explore triggers and shadows and blocks from moving myself forward. And I wouldn't then be able to present to my own children the way that I want them to learn to self-explore and be present in this world. 
I think there's beauty in the journey. I think there's pain in the journey. And I think it's learning to honor that pain, work through that pain and use it for your higher good and for the higher good of others that allows us to be the most authentic, raw, open self that we can in this journey. I hope this episode shows a little bit about who I am, what my life has been like, how I got to where I am today, or at least the mindset I have today. I hope I wasn't all over the place and hard to follow. My brain was kind of everywhere as I wanted to give this to you and not a two-hour episode. But I'm excited. I'm excited for this podcast and for all of the guests that are going to come on here and share their journeys. And I'm excited for the listeners to be able to hear these stories and know they're not alone. And there is support out there to seek. And there are stories to listen to, to let you know that your journey makes sense. And if you're in pain, there is grace and beauty waiting for you. If you worked through that, I commend you on the work that you've done. It's all a process and it's all a journey and it's beautiful and it's painful and it's all the in-between. And I'm excited and honored to be here to hear from others and to hear from you and to be on this journey with all of you. Thank you. If you listened to this whole episode, thank you for listening to this podcast and for being a part of my journey moving forward. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, please rate, review, and follow along on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find out more about me at www.jessieblois.com and follow along at Facebook at Jessie Blois or on Instagram at, at Jessie Blois. See you again next week with another great episode.